listening to The Defiant Ones, a behind-the-scenes look at the world of Defy. What's going on? It's Kevin Deers. This is the Defiant Ones, the official Defy Patreon podcast. Thank you so much for being a subscriber, a patron here on the Patreon. And I just wanted to say thank you so much for uh, being a part of the Defiance. February coming up is Defy's five-year anniversary. So we're going to be celebrating with two special events We got uh, one coming up February 12th at Washington Hall, which is called Year 5. And then we got one called Defy 50 on the 26th, also in February at Washington Hall. Tickets for both are on sale. You can check that out. And uh, some big matches already announced. Looking forward to those. If you're here for the interview, let's get into it. This is my chat with the Bollywood Boys, almost winning the championships, the tag team championships from the Midnight Heat. Technically, they won, but it was uh, by disqualification, so they did, did, did not walk away with the straps. But we'll get into that and everything else with the Bollywood Boys here on The Defiant Ones. Hey, what's going on? It's The Defiant Ones. Right now, we got Gervin Harv, the Hollywood... <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm going to restart. <laughs> <laughs> the hollywood blind close enough. Yeah. Close enough. Close all enough. right restart this one okay it's the defiant ones gervin harv the bollywood boys i'm not even going to edit that out i'm going to keep it in uh, <laughs> because that's the vibe where it seems to be you know fast and loose here so anyways um well, how are you guys doing tonight the, we're inspired by the hollywood blondes anyways so there you go yeah there you go how are you guys doing good, man. you guys good, man. Both, both in vancouver Vancouver, Canada. Yep, yeah, uh, three hours north from you. I don't know. You guys expecting some snow tonight? That's why we gotta get this going and uh, get my shovel out so I can get started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it's, it's gonna be. It's been a, a crazy winter, summer, spring, fall, everything. So uh, you know, we're expecting twenty-five centimeters tonight overnight. So let's see what happens. Jesus. All right. Well. Uh, I, I'm curious about, uh, so just to get this out there, the last, uh, defy event, and it was the first for the Bollywood boys you guys had a little bit of a mix up for the championship with the midnight heat. Uh, you guys were victorious, but out of disqualification. So the title did not switch hands before we get into this interview. Do you guys have any messages to the midnight heat? Uh, I think they're just holding on to our titles for another month. I, I don't think they should get too comfortable. Yeah, I mean, uh, we gave a run. We we came out there, never touched locked up before, and uh, we showed them exactly what tag team wrestling is all about. And uh, they were lucky they got a nice little escape there with uh, their buddy. There, uh, I didn't, even, I didn't even remember his name. Tucker. Yep. <laughs> yeah, Tucky. Good to see you again, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> We, exactly. liked, we liked Otis better anyways. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, well, uh, before we go in also, uh, I have a question I like to ask everyone. So just a bit of an unorthodox question for you guys. If you could pick a scar on your body, tell us the story of how you got it, and then also show us if you can since it's video. Uh, I got one right here, actually. You can see it. I, it was, uh, can you see the scar? Oh, yeah. Yep. 
that was a, I, I had a ladder match in uh, New Brunswick. I, I was doing this tour and I got it was it was like it was a ladder match. And mm-hmm. I, I turned around, and the guy had the ladder in my face. <laughs> I actually walked into it. It was very very painful, and I was busted open. And uh, that's going to be a scar in my eyebrow for the rest of my life. Goddamn, Jesus, yeah. And for me, uh, I mean, my nothing, uh, nothing from hockey. Uh, sorry, nothing from wrestling. Knock on wood. But yeah. I do have, I have a left shoulder scar from uh, playing ice hockey back in the day. So, got body checked right into the uh, boards and uh, dislocated my shoulder, which is still an ongoing issue. But uh, I had to go under the knife for that, and that kind of wrapped up my hockey career at the age of eighteen. <laughs> it's on my left shoulder. Got my sweatshirt on right now, but yeah, I can't. Yeah, but. Uh, it's a nice what, little indecision. So when you say hockey career, are, are you serious? Like, did you did you actually view that as like a future? Like, uh, uh, I mean, growing up in Canada, I think. Uh, oh yeah, all Canadian kids want to be the next Wayne Gretzky, or at that time, at least Gretzky or Lemieux. And mm-hmm. yeah, we had like hopes and dreams of at least trying to get to the NHL or do our best, and not you can't spend. I we couldn't have our parents spend three grand or five grand on a sport that you know and be like, oh yeah, we're gonna just do it for shits and giggles. You had to put kind of like, you know, your time and effort into it. So, no, we took hockey serious before we got into wrestling. And, you know, we were watching wrestling growing up and playing hockey. And, you know, that's all uh, kind of how our transition into wrestling happened. Once, okay, hockey is uh, now in the rear view mirror with our injuries. So, kind of started our wrestling careers from there. Did you have any hockey injuries, Harv? Uh, no injuries, but uh, no, nothing. All my injuries have been uh, wrestling injuries, both my knees you know, tore both my ACLs on my knees and, uh, yeah. And so I, I went under the knife with WWE. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the one, but the other one, I, I've been actually able to wrestle without an ACL for the last 13 years. So it's, it's pretty crazy that, you know, you don't need surgery for an ACL nowadays. Is that something that like you, you find pain like every day with, without no, an ACL? No, no, there's no pain. I, I feel wow. ACL is like the main ligament that connects your, knee to your kind of shin bone it's like if if you don't have one and if you don't rehab it like if you're imagine if you're running and you quickly stop your knee will dislocate um so it's like the main ligament in your knee um but uh just over the years just rehabbed it and uh yeah just uh was able to avoid surgery on it wow i think we're at that age now like it's always like good to uh, we're trying to avoid injuries and best thing we can do is just do maintenance like just a lot of rehab recovery you know my shoulders have been shot for 20 years and yeah. my brother's knees are both, you know, been shot for like 10, 15 years. So like for us, it's all about maintenance and like making sure that whatever we do or even working around injury, that's the beauty of tag team wrestling as well. You can always work around things that if I can't do something, you know, brother can hop in and do it and vice versa. So that's another, that's a, definitely a plus side. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, a couple months back, you guys were on an interview with Denise Salcedo. Uh, shout out to her. She mentioned or you guys mentioned that you would be making, you know, your jump to Defy. You guys would make Defy your home kind of like, you know, your home base. Uh, what made you guys kind of call that shot and, and make sure that people knew that Defy would be your home? Uh, I mean, even when we were with WWE, sorry, Harf, you were, I'll, I'll, yeah, no, but, yeah, anything there. Yeah, even when we were at WWE, I remember watching on Twitter, just seeing the videos posted by Defy, and just like we were in awe of the crowd 
and the atmosphere. And even though we weren't there, you can just feel it. And you're like, man, this is like such an intimate setting with a ring in the middle and the crowd just surrounding it. Like, it was just beautiful. And we look at each other like, man, like, this, what a what a scene and what a place to be. And uh, as soon as our release happened, I mean, uh, not too long after that, you know, Defy reached out and they're like, hey, like, let us know when you guys are available. We'd love to have you guys come on board. And obviously, like I was mentioning to you off here, you know, we had to get our visas and all that situated. And that's where Defy jumped in without hesitation. And awesome. they were like, took care, t- took care of us. And uh, um, it took a little longer to get down to Seattle until uh, December there. We were supposed mm-hmm. to be actually originally booked for the very last show in September. But uh, my visa took a little longer to process, whereas my brother had his ready to go. So uh, had to jump a little bit more hoops and hurdles. But uh, yeah, hard if you want to take over. Yeah, no, I was sometimes, you know, WWE, you're wrestling in front of 3,000, 4,000, sometimes a little bit more people. But the, the, the crowd noise isn't really there sometimes. I mean, you, you can watch a TV show and kind of sometimes see that. And, you know, a couple hundred people. At, you know, a Defy venue just makes you feel like you're wrestling in front of 50,000 people, bro. It's a, it's a nice feeling. And it, it, this last show that we did, it was a, it just makes you realize why you love wrestling. It was a lot of fun. That's awesome to hear, man. And, and, and that's, you know, one thing you, you were mentioning, Gerv, is, you know, about the whole visa situation. That's something that we as fans, you know, we don't necessarily get to see that. And, you know, when when uh, WWE releases or, you know, any any major company would release a talent, if they're an international talent, that's something that we might not even think about. But how difficult it might be on the end of the performer and the, the athlete that, you know, you now have to before you think about booking, you know, your, your indie booking or you go into another company, you got to think about you know, how you're going to stay in active in that country. So that's got to be uh, uh, also something that weighs heavily on you. Especially during a pandemic, right? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, you know, things are a little tighter and mm-hmm. meal, what a regular meal that would take normally two to four days is taking up to 14 days, you know? So yep. everything, everything's a little slower and um, not everyone's available in the office when you call a, a number of an officer. So, uh, yeah, no, it was definitely... Um, a, a lot of panic on my side at least and uh you know luckily uh that's where i'll you know again defy you know hats off to them for uh jumping in and taking care of us and uh, without hesitation to it it wasn't yeah. even like we'll think about it or uh give us a day it was like yep we'll uh we'll get everything situated and we'll get the ball rolling so uh, very thankful for that and going back to your question as to why and that's pretty much why Defy is going to be our home base uh, awesome. going forward. So we owe a lot to them. And uh, we, again, the fans, there are just amazing too. That, that vibe is, uh, you can't, you can't, uh, you can't, you can't create that stuff sitting in an office or like in a boardroom meeting. So it's, it's, we're excited. Well, based on, you know, just, just the interaction with the fans that you guys had and, and just how much, how much everyone loved you guys. I, I think, it's safe to say that everyone's super stoked for the Bollywood boys to be in Defy. And, and uh, you know, for your first match, you guys had the pink and the black. You guys, huge Bret Hart fan growing up. Huge. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Harv. Yeah, no, it's our, it's our little homage to uh, Bret, obviously, you know. Yep. Um, every, every wrestler is inspired by somebody. And we kind of started wearing pink and black very early in our careers and it kind of stuck. We like those colors and um, obviously we got the okay from, you know, Natty and TJ. We asked 
when we were in WWE and they gave us the their blessing, like, yeah, you guys um, can go ahead with that. Gerv obviously trained in the dungeon. And, yeah. you know, last few years, we built a really good relationship with Brett, which has been, you know, uh, really cool. You know, so it's more than just wrestling, you know what I mean? It's just you get to become kind of friends with your childhood hero. And, and, we, and, and we got his blessings on, you know, using the colors and yeah. as a homage. So, like, yeah, I mean, what started off as like a tribute back when we first started out is like, hey, like, now if you were if we were anything but pink and black, it just feels awkward and just feel, just feel weird. Yeah, <laughs> I just feel we just both laugh about it because we just feel larger than life when mm-hmm. we are in our when our gear. So and I, and gear plays a huge important part in any athlete or any uh, wrestler's career. I believe that's that you know you have to feel that confident and uh, this gear gives us that confidence. That's awesome, man. So, so um, before we uh, go into you know the training and, and the and the growing up on wrestling and stuff, you you, you mentioned that you you trained at the Heart uh, Dungeon. Did you train at all with Randy Myers? Yes, yes. Actually, uh, Randy was one of the very first few people I locked up with. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah, man. Randy, I think was maybe a couple of years already into the business, or maybe if if not more. Um, very first person I locked up with with TJ Wilson and uh, mm. you know and then Natty and then but Randy is right there and I took bumps from Randy learned uh, learned a few things from him but uh, yeah man Randy Myers you know he's still out there doing his thing so uh, oh yeah he's yeah. he's the Defy champion and and you know we have his Christopher Daniels is the interim champion so we'll have to see who who's the actual champion you know when those two lock up so yeah we'll see. and yeah and Randy's Randy's a great mind for the business too. Absolutely, man. And, it, you know, one thing over the pandemic, uh, I at least gained, you know, 15 pounds. He lost. Uh, he gained, he got in better shape than he ever was before. So we're stoked to see what Randy looks like when he comes back. So hell yeah. Um, OK, so guys. So um, were you guys active in the Pacific Northwest wrestling scene before making your jump to WWE and whatnot? Were, were up in Vancouver? Were you guys active on that scene? Yeah, no, actually, we were predominantly out here, we're, you know, uh, it feels like, you know, we were kind of like now the old vets kind of talking like how, how it was back then. But, yep. oh, yeah, like 15 years ago, it was a different scene and there wasn't independent wrestling hadn't boomed like it is now. Like, you know, you could make a living on the independence. Uh, 15 years ago, it was like there was a Ring of Honor, there was TNA and the WWE, but not independent wrestling like it is now. So and we were, you know stuck kind of in the pacific northwest it was kind of like the black hole of professional wrestling that's what they called it back then. i heard that term yeah yeah and it, no one really broke out for a long time i think kyle o'reilly would have been the first one to break out and yep. a couple of years after that we got our WWE jobs and so yeah for the longest time we were just you know vancouver lethbridge calgary you know winnipeg uh, that was our kind of our loop and uh we got some lucky breaks with Jarrett. um yep. But this was our home, the Pacific Northwest. So it's kind of cool coming back all these years and now with Defy, you know, tying it into what yeah. we were talking about earlier, you know, being this being our home base and kind of traveling around the world, but making Defy our home base. And also it was hard to get eyes on talent or at least ourselves. So like whenever we would see opportunities with like when WWE's developmental camp was uh, FCW or OV, OVW or if they had agents going to a Harley races camp, we would just kind of pack up our bags and, head down to those camps and try to get noticed. So like they weren't coming up here to the Pacific Northwest much for like TVs or tryouts or anything like that. So we kind of had, we had to kind of go, had to go down South. So we'd always keep our eyes peeled and 
take note of wherever they were and just head down. But to what Harv was saying, um, between here and coast to coast, we were wrestling it predominantly pretty much in Canada. Well, even if you look at WWE and AEW now, it's the very rarely West Coast shows. You know, I mean, they're yep. you know few and far between. Like when it's a West Coast show, it's kind of a big deal. Like oh, it's Vegas or Cali, but um, yeah, just West Coast, especially Canada or the Pacific Northwest. All those kind of we've kind of uh, died for wrestling, but it, it's picking up now. Uh, you mentioning that you know it was like once every year or two that WWF or WCW would get a show in Seattle and I would beg my mom for tickets. It was like this big deal. You know, it was like birthday present it was like, okay, you know, yeah. you get these tickets. Did you guys well, get to it? Did you guys yeah, get to attend anything like any yeah, WWF or WCW yeah. growing up? Uh, well, not WWE, uh, WrestleMania 19 in Seattle. Safeco Field. I was there too. Yeah. Yeah. We went down there with our pops and, uh, you know, that was, uh, that was quite the night. So definitely I think that was the only time we went stateside for a, a show. Did your dad, uh, did your dad kind of um, humor your wrestling obsession as kids? Yes, but not like to like, ha ha ha. You guys love wrestling. No, he was like, he knew that, you know, once we were like 17, 18, that this is what we wanted to do. And Oh, cool. Even, yeah, no, no. They, our parents have been very supportive. Like, more than they probably should have been when you look back. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Maybe they should have ripped us here and there, but they didn't. And they never did. It was always like, no, man, you guys uh, go do this. Even like when I went to Calgary, you know, dad came with me uh, and dropped me off at the, the, the steps of the Hart House, you know, literally, wow. you know, like went down the steps, introduced himself to Bruce Hart, Ross Hart, and was down there. And, uh, you know, it wasn't until like I, the practice had actually started that he left. So, yeah, no, like literally to the truest words that they've been are the, the backbone of our support system. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So they're very proud of what we've accomplished, even with WWE, which wasn't a lot from our standpoint. Like, you know, we wanted to accomplish so much more, but uh, yeah. you know, for them, like just seeing their, their, their boys on TV was such a pride and joy thing for them, especially being immigrant parents as well. Like, oh, yeah. you know, it was, you know, it's not like uh you know, because of the hardships they got in, in coming from India to Canada. Mm-hmm. So uh, for them, it's uh, definitely, um, you know, they definitely, um, they've definitely give us their blessings. That's amazing. So growing up, uh, I'm assuming, cause like I was, you know, wrestling with my friends and, you know, doing some stupid stuff in the backyard. I'm assuming that being, but I didn't have a brother. So just <laughs> knowing that you guys were both wrestling obsessed, what were your favorite moves to put on each other as kids? Oh, I think we did wrestle. We did the WrestleMania 12 match. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> the 60 yeah. minute. I, I don't know if we ever did the full 60. Yeah. Minutes. We definitely did the finish. <laughs> we definitely did the finish. Um, but yeah, we would just trade the sharpshooter and sweet chin music. And I mean, it just, yeah, no, it was, uh, I, I don't know if the kids kind of feel the same way nowadays, but I feel like we grew up during the golden age of wrestling with like Brett and Sean. And then not so long after it was Steve Austin and the rock. I mean, I, I mean, you can't imagine a better time yeah. to be a, but we did all that you know the toys and the video games and um making cardboard games and uh it was just wrestling was 24 7 for us and looking back now it was never like planned like hey we're gonna become a tag team like so like again we like par- our both my brother and i our, our lives have always been parallel like we both both i just i started taekwondo he started taekwondo yep. we i started playing ice hockey he started playing. So it was like always like you know our parents kept us kind of like um this going in this like parallel path and like even with wrestling it was like 
yeah, we're going to become wrestlers. So it was like, we never like sat there and be like, okay, let's become a tag team. We already knew like yeah. without talking to each other. Like, I, I, crazy though, when you actually think about it, it's like both of us, like as we got older, we both wanted to be wrestlers. Usually it's like one brother likes it or the other one kind of fades off, you know? And, but the fact yeah. that we both really, really wanted to do it, that's pretty cool. You know, that, that kind of, yeah, destiny probably played a part in that, but uh, it, we could have easily, one of us could have been like, oh, I want to do something else, you know? Um, but we both, that's, that's all we wanted to do. So it, and it worked out. I, don't, I couldn't imagine making it that far in my career on my own anyways. Yeah. No, there's a, it's a crazy business. You can think about like, Hey, that's 20, almost 20 years. And like, yeah, let's, let's, it, it, it's a crack business. It, it can yeah. really crack you if you don't have someone to like lean against it. Like, you know, even when times are tough, like, you know, you'll butt heads or you'll disagree yep. here and there. But like, at the end of the day, you're like, Hey, at least we have each other. Whereas like some people like, unfortunately that get released they're like left looking at themselves like okay what do i do now right so you're uh, the support system exactly so going back to your uh question or statement about um growing up and yeah man like you know wrestling was a huge part of our childhood and i think that's what kept us uh kept us so close so you know big fans of bret hart doing the Shawn michaels bret hart match growing up in that time period I was also a huge WWF fan, you know, and WCW, and, and I just was such a wrestling nerd, still am. But, you know, in those days, I also, like, I, I don't know why, but I gravitated toward the weird, obscure characters, you know, the Waylon Mercies, the the the, <laughs> the, 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 the Avatar, the, you know, all these DL weird... Hopper. Exactly. <laughs> now, in that era, what is your favorite obscure WWF wrestler from the mid-90s? Oh, Har- uh, Harv, let's start with you. Oh, yeah. Who? Do you remember who? Yes. <laughs> That's the first one I remember. Was that Jim uh, Neidhart? That Jim was Neidhart. Jim Neidhart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Amazing. Mine was um, Bastion Burger. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, Dam- Damien, or Damien Demento. <laughs> Ver- Damien Demento versus Undertaker. First Monday yes. Night Raw. Yes, yes, yes. Can you imagine being Bastion Booger and like you get this, you know, like big chance on WWF and then all of a sudden, all right, your name's going to be Bastion Booger. <laughs> was he, he was Muck and Sing in Calgary, correct? Yep, yep. Yep, okay, yep, okay, good. I, I, I wanted to make sure I confirmed that before I said it. <laughs> After being in WWE, you get that call, you do what they ask you to do. Yep, there you go. <laughs> you, know, like, you know, everybody's like, oh, you're Bastion Booger. I'm sure he was like, yeah, you know, I'm going to try to make this work, you know. Um, Give me that Bastion Booger money, baby. Yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I but I was a big fan of Adam Bomb. I was a big fan of Adam Bomb. Yeah, he was, he was badass. He looked well, he cool. Bombs that he would throw in the crowd. Remember yeah, that? yep. <laughs> I don't think that would fly today, though. <laughs> mm. He and and I mean, he had a good career. He went on to be Wrath, and then he was in yeah. Chronic, and came yeah. back to WWE. Good stuff. We're yeah. going down the rabbit hole of weird '90s wrestling, so let's just continue on here with. With your guys' stuff, let's let's bring it back to your guys' stuff. So, uh, so uh, Gerv, you're you're a little older than Harv. You start in wrestling uh, a few years older than your your brother. You start in wrestling, and on your Wikipedia it says you train with OVW. You train at the Heart Dungeon. You also train with Harley Race. Can you put those in order? Where did you start first? So I started in Calgary. Okay, uh, with Bruce and the so the the year I went down, they were just selling the house. So. I was like right there at the tail end of them literally just packing up and uh, selling the house. I was very lucky enough to even spend uh, two and a half months down there. So um, got back here in Vancouver and then started up with ECCW in the fall. 
of 2004 or five. And then uh, as far as like the OVW and the Harley race goes, that goes back to what I was saying. Uh, that was just us trying to get out of uh, the Pacific Northwest and trying cool. to get uh, ourselves noticed by, um, you know, the higher up from our WWE or like, you know, if you had like say Nova, who was part of talent relations or yeah. Tom, um, or um, Tom Pritchard, whoever was running TR at that time, just to kind of get noticed. We were literally like a year and a half in and, Looking back now, we probably had no business trying to get noticed, you know, because uh, good experience, you know, though. Yeah, it's good experience because you learn how to talk to them in person and know exactly what they want. And obviously what they want changes day by day. You know? As so, we see. Yes. As yeah, we're so, currently watching right now. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. To this very moment. So mm-hmm. uh, um, everything changes. But it was more like to your point, just to get noticed, just to learn um, the proper etiquette. And uh, uh, you learn like, OK, it's not just about the moves that they're looking for. It's about the basics, the fundamentals yep. and uh, character stuff. So everything. So that was, that is what we were doing as far as, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I do consider myself trained, you know, by at the, at Harley's cause you know, you're spending some time down there. You're going down to OBW and uh, learning under Rip Rogers. And even there, like, you know, was because uh, higher ups from the WWE were down there and just, again, just trying to get noticed, man. Just, you know, here's my eight by 10 and, this is what we do. So um, that's that's uh, where the Wikipedia comes in. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. So Harv, when did how long until you joined up with with Gurf? I think it was like not like six months, not even. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Less than six months, probably. I I I, I wanted to go down to uh, Calgary also, but then they sold the house and then mm-hmm. started up here in Vancouver and ECCW. I, I kind of was like it was a mixed bag of guys. I, I wouldn't credit one person. You know, it was like, I, I would say, like, there was Michelle Starr, and then there was Tony Candelo, who we spent time with on the road. Um, yeah, guys like Harley Race. And I, man, I would even say the most learning I did was under guys like Terry Taylor this, this last few years. It's, it's crazy. Like, you never stop learning. You hear that. Yeah. It's cliche, but it's like, what got us to WWE wasn't, it's not, not enough to sometimes stay there, but to have that five year run like we did. Yeah. Um, as we were learning under guys like Terry Taylor and Shawn Michaels. And um, so it, it's weird. I look back on all these years. I'm like, yeah, I learned bumps and everybody learns bumps and body slams. You can kind of learn that from anybody, but to, uh, to apply to have this real, yeah, the psychology and have like this long career or, or whatever. And this run in WWE, I, I, I credit a lot of other guys like Terry and Shawn for that. You guys ever show off your WrestleMania 12 match to Shawn? <laughs> no, we told him about it. Yeah, <laughs> he knows about it. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> no, but uh, I, I, I got to follow up with what my brother was just saying. Like, it's crazy. Like, yeah, you spend. You never. You never. I mean, anyone that thinks that I've learned this business is like pretty much done. Like, you literally never l- stop learning. There's no like, you don't get a diploma or a degree. Okay, now you're a graduate. You know. So yeah. uh, I, I think yeah. To what my brother was just saying, like, even like the last five years or so when we would see Terry Taylor, like, you know, just learning and breaking down the psychology of a match and like learning, you know, learning on the fly. So uh, yeah, man, like learn from a lot of different people, but uh, you never stop learning. That's awesome. So uh, going on, uh, you know, moving on a little bit and, and uh, something that struck me, I I remember hearing about this. I listened to a lot of podcasts uh, around this time. I never saw this pro this 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 company. But what do the words "Rinka King" mean to you guys? Uh, Rinka King. Uh, Rinka King. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. With the break, it was the big break for us that kind of got us noticed. It was uh, 
Jeff Jarrett's uh, India TNA promotion that um, I think it was planned to become more of a regular thing, but never really uh, happened. But yeah, as far as what that means to us, it was like, if that, if that didn't happen, I don't think WWE would have noticed us or at least not as soon as they did. Yeah. Ranker King was definitely our biggest break uh, up until that point. It was just like, you know, there's, there's wrestling, there's indie wrestling and then just TV wrestling. And, uh, you know, Ranker King re- definitely got us ready for TV wrestling. And uh, I think, uh, you know, Jeff Jarrett giving us that break put us on that platform that we needed to be on to get yeah. noticed. And even then, uh, he, I think they found us through YouTube videos of up just uh, of our uploaded highlight videos. Or it was like we were sending packages down to TNA, but I don't think it ever got to Jeff's uh, office. It was just more him just looking for Indian talent, and sure mm-hmm. enough, to found the Bollywood Boys. And um, yeah, for sure, that was uh, definitely what put us on the on that uh, on the pedestal that we needed to be on to get to the next phase of our careers i always heard that rinka king had like really big crowds yeah no they, so the crowds were a little different it was they had like they had crowd but like um indian wrestling fans are like very different they you gotta like really they're old school you know okay. they yeah they're very old school they believe in the, the entire system sure. of like the good guy versus the bad yeah. guy and you know, obviously, like the way the show was written and set up, you know, that you had the, the Americans coming into India and we're going to take over. And, yep. you know, and here we come, the Bollywood boys to save the day. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, they were they were really into it. They were jacked up every TV tapings. Oh, that's got to be cool to to go there. And then, you know, being, you know, uh, children of immigrant uh, family and, and then being, you know, raising Canada, but then you get to go back to India and you guys are looked yeah. at as like the prodigal sons. Right. Right. No, for sure. And like, you know, uh, what a platform that was. And that was just the beginning of uh, what was to come for us as far as like being the, the poster child for India. Cause you know, all these years later, I still believe that as far as Indian talent goes, like, you know, I think my brother and I have something very special and so, something very unique that yeah. no, no other talent has. And I think that's something that, uh, definitely sets us apart from anybody else absolutely do you guys you know get messages from from indian fans like you know ever uh mentioning how like how important it is to you know see see wrestlers that look like them yeah no especially during when gender became champ because we were featured so heavily on smackdown i mean you couldn't be in a more high profile tv segment in all professional wrestling um Mm -hmm. at that time i mean it was just like messages like, like like what you said is people saying how they look up to us and all these amazing messages. I just remember the India tour we did in December of 2017 when uh, we, WWE went to India and Delhi. I, I, I it was the closest thing to ever feeling like part of the Beatles. Like it was insane. As it's something I cherish. You know those moments. Like you know, um, I'm so glad we got to experience that because not a lot of people will. And even when you think about all the guys who got released recently, mm-hmm. you know. A lot of the guys just spent time in Orlando, you know, and look at our run. We were actually WWE wrestlers wrestling on, you know, we, we did the oh, European, yeah. did the international tours. We did all, you know, we went to China, India, Japan, Puerto Rico, all over Europe. Like we literally lived the WWE schedule and, yeah. and we're, we got to experience that. Absolutely. That, that is, you know, the, it's funny that you mentioned, you know, the, the WWE SmackDown with gender as champion. I specifically remember a, a house show that I went to up in, in Everett. 
and you guys, you guys were with gender and, um, you know, that was when he was champion and you know, me and my friend are booing him because, you know, he's the bad guy and whatnot. But I, I saw a family of an Indian family. They all had the gender shirts. They were they were all had gender signs. And me and my friend just looked and go, that is so cool, man. That is that is awesome that like, you know, the representation. I mean, it might sound corny, but representation matters, dude. Like that. That was cool. It, it, it does. Yeah, no, I was especially like uh during that time frame, like we were having, we would go to our local uh, Sikh temple or, you know, wherever. And like ki- little kids coming up to us and yeah. you know, like, you know, just, can we just say, get a picture with you or whatever. We, we weren't really used to it. So like, you know, we were just doing our thing and, but like to be recognized and uh, adored like that was a beautiful feeling. It still is. Cause like, to your point, like uh, up until today, we still get messages from fans from India, like, asking now they're asking us how can we get to where you guys are and it's yeah. like it's such a it's such a hard question to answer like it's it, it, it's all you can give them the cliche answer like yeah work hard believe in mm-hmm. yourself but like india is such a huge country with a billion over a billion people it's like even i wouldn't know what what to tell somebody like hey find this wrestling school because yeah. it's like you know you have a few schools out in india but like how they're gonna get there and go about it so like uh, i was and i was actually thinking about that the other day i'm like man what if we did something for like you know, kids out there in india like who knows what what can happen <laughs> that would be cool that would be really yeah. cool yeah um okay so so you know we don't need to go over everything with wwe but one question i have for you guys is what's you know what's something you guys um you know learn from there what's what's like something like uh that helped you and that you take from it is like a positive thing that you can bring with you wow that's a that's a pretty fully loaded question, but um, no, I, there's there's a lot of life experiences you take with you. I think the biggest thing for me, and being very honest, was you know like money doesn't buy happiness, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like man, I'm blessed to have lived my dream, made the money I have, but we had bigger dreams than just making a great paycheck and traveling the world. Like you, you want to be tag team champions and you want to main event pay-per-views because that's why you get into wrestling. You know what I mean? You, you talk about a guy like Bret Hart, he's on wrestling magazines and he's yeah. doing, you know, like the flag bearer of uh, a company or whatever. And that's the actual dream you want to do. And it's like, no matter, okay, you're making awesome money and or whatever you're traveling the world, but in, inside you're like, I want to accomplish my dreams. And I think that's the biggest thing I took away is like, no matter what is uh, you rather be living your dream than kind of just getting by. And I think that's the cool thing position we are in now, because we get to kind of not reinvent ourselves, but um, you know, it's that second mountain, you know, climbing the mountain in our life and okay, we did it once now, you know, can we do it again? So that's, that's the, that's the part I look forward to. I think I left WWE with a lot to, we left WWE like to my brother's point uh, with a lot of dreams still to accomplish, you know, like um, left with, okay, you know what, we're going to, and that's where like a, a promotion like defy really comes in and helps out because defy, let's face it, is one of the top promotions in the promotions in all of North America. So like, you know, if we can make a great buzz a great showing every time we're out there with defy and put on kick ass, kick ass matches. Cause I'm, I know like one of the best, uh, um, one of the best uh, piece of advice is like we got after a release was like, hey, like whatever you guys put up on social media, that's what people are gonna be seeing. So like you watch any Defy highlight, it's it's it looks professional. It looks, you know, the crowds are insane. They're yeah. loud. They're popping. So like 
when people see that they're like holy shit like the bollywood boys are out there like really doing some cool stuff so like basically like we're gonna use you know we're gonna we want to excel here and do so well that now we do make some more noise and get noticed and like reinvent ourselves and continue to uh you know go back you know wherever we end up going is to like you know we we, we get that opportunity to accomplish this, the dreams that you know we couldn't really accomplish so i'm bricks we're stoked and uh, psyched about that and also like one other thing that i learned is how to wrestle smart you know and in, in, in a lot of aspects too like how to like uh wrestle safely and like work smarter and like, i think like psychology wise like yeah i learned so much just listening because for like eight months when ginger was champion and working a program with randy orton like we had the best seat in the house as far as like putting together a match and having psychology behind it and doing things that you do and why and like the motion and like what's the reasoning behind the move or like not just doing a move for the sake of a pop right there's there's got to be some meaning behind it so like there's a lot of things as far as like a lot of baggage we're bringing back as far as like how we can improve ourselves and improve our matches and like help our opponents get better as well. Word. Well, I appreciate, you know, you guys being, you know, upfront candid and and giving me so much good stuff to, to go on today. You know, I don't want to take up all your time. Uh, You know, you guys have uh, to go shovel some snow outside. (laughs) Uh, We're going to be seeing you guys in 2022 here in defy. Any final words for the defiance before we let you go? Um, Harvey, I'll let you start. First. Oh, I was, like, <laughs> be backing off what I said earlier. Like, Matt, I love wrestling. And I want to make all my dreams come true. And then going back to like, wherever that next journey is, it literally starts in Defy. So every time we're out there, this isn't, you know, this isn't just like, oh, we're wrestling. I mean, you know, for two guys who were at the peak of like the the wrestling world, like we were in WWE and, and to know what it takes to stay there, get there, and to bring that knowledge back and be like, okay, we have these unrealized dreams still. This is the place to apply it. You know what I mean? Like, like we needed a, a platform like Defy, and you can't and you can't get a better platform than Defy. To be honest, there's there's a very few handful of independent promotions that you really want to work for. Like we recently worked for House of Glory in New York, yeah. which is a great, another great indie. But for Defy, that's like this is our place to kind of show the world how good we really think we are. And uh, so every time we're out there, it's real for us, man. It's like, this is real. We feed off the energy and yeah. give everything that we have to this place. Cause we, we got dreams to accomplish and we're not here to just kind of um, just get by and just have fun. We're here to like really make some noise. And like awesome. the cool thing is like, uh, I remember our first match back with Defy there uh, or our first match with Defy and we were heading back home and it was a two and a half hour drive. And, Remember when we were pulling out of the park parking lot? We're like, man, that was effing fun. Yeah, that that that, that was like, well, well, it was such a high. Like, it took a yeah. long time for even when I got home, it took me forever to kind of just come off that high and like just finally like unwind because like the crowd noise and just everything that went on that night and not to know we and thing is like, yeah, we're from the Pacific Northwest, but we didn't know what kind of reaction to expect. So when we finally got out there and we did our entrance and. The crowd was behind us the whole way Dancing through. Dancing with you, yeah. yeah. Yeah, man, showing us love. And, you know, that when that one, two, three happened and the crowd thought we won the tag titles, and sure enough, there was that little switch. So, like, you should have. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, we'll, 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 uh, the video of, like, a, we both jumped into the crowd, but I guess the camera caught me. I went on the stage. Mm-hmm. And the video, it got, a lot of, it got a lot of views on Twitter. But I think that video kind of, like, 
encapsulates encapsulates what um how we feel like yeah. we really want we like we want to become those you know tag team stars and it starts in the defiance you know and so this this is this isn't just like a work for us like oh defy define oh this is real man this is yeah. like we're giving it our all and that video oh. show it so kevin you can definitely yeah you can you know we're still we're ready to go man like this is uh let's i can't wait for the next show i'm already excited man <laughs> let's do you, this you heard that midnight heat they'll be ch- seeing you in 2022 hell yeah and then some awesome guys thank you so much for doing this Hey, Kevin. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate you, man.